Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tom Stackpole from Boston Magazine wrote the story about me that uh, is in the physical, I think, March issue uh, and is now available online as of today, which is Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock. Uh, the Sound and the Fury, it's called. It's about uh, Kirk Minahan, as I said, and Tom joins me right now. Uh, the Sound and the Fury, Kirk Minahan is loud, angry, and is good at making enemies. Now Boston's least politically correct sports radio star is opening up about his battle with depression and hoping to prove the tough guys have feelings, too. Uh, and we'll get into uh, all the stuff right now with Tom. Tom, how you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, battle on the flu? I do have the flu. I'm, I'm calling uh, homesick. I'm sad that I couldn't be in the studio to try this again, but... Uh, I think it's better for everyone that I'm sequestered. Yes. Well, so I was, uh, so I, you and I spent, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say between eight to ten hours together over what four or five whatever lunches, and as you took some notes on me, as you, getting ready to write this story, is that right? Am I missing? Yeah. No, I think we, yeah, we probably spent about ten hours together. I would say. And uh, who else? How many people would you say you spoke to about the story? <sighs> um. Off the top of my head, probably, you know, 10, 15, 15 people probably. Yeah, in the process uh, not- of a story like this, we talked about it last time. You yeah. uh, pitched it, so then uh, kind of got going. How long in a, in a magazine story like this, which is what, maybe four or 5,000 words? I don't know. Yeah, I think it came in around 4,500. How um, long is that process, soup to nuts, you know, be, be pitching it to be sending it and hitting send and being done with it? I think, you know, this probably was about two months. Um of me working on this and, you know, other things. I'm an editor at the magazine also, so I had a couple mm-hmm. other responsibilities. But pretty much, yeah, yeah, I think this is my main focus for about two months. Okay, and uh, so when you when you start a story like this, what is the, what is the pitch? So you pitch it, what is the pitch? Um, so in this case, um, you know, I had been... I'd been watching uh, you on Twitter talking about not being able to come back on WEEI. Um, so this was probably in November. And, um, you know, my sense of what the story was and what I was interested in was, you know, here's a guy who's been controversial in the past and who is talking really frankly about his mental health in a way that you don't usually see kind of anyone do. Um, and it seems like, you know, he's, he's maybe losing his job over it. Um, and so, uh, so that was... You know the, the the sort of pitch that I started with. So then, I guess when you start digging into it, you find out about Bob Murchison. You and I talked about Murchison at length. I would say it was almost the way we did it. Maybe <clears throat> you could you can disagree. It seemed to me that you wanted to sort of talk segmentally, and that we one day we would talk about sort of my my mental health and my upbringing, or Murchison or radio. I mean, it's kind of it's almost like every every lunch had sort of a theme in your mind. Would you would you say that's probably true? Yeah, I think that's probably true. I you know I think that. You know, I, and you interview people a lot, so so maybe you have a different style. But I feel like for 
print and sort of my process, you know, I like to try to dig in and chat about something for a while. And I feel like I can probably have a useful conversation about maybe two things in one lunch. Right. So one day was essentially about Murchison. And then you told me at the end of that that you had talked to Murchison for a while and just to fill in, just if you listen to this, my guess is you know, but I'll fill you in just in case you don't. Bob Murchison is a um, an activist who has a transgendered uh, uh, son, uh, born female, transgendered, uh, is now male. Um, and Murchison, you know, uh, I would say harassed, others would say contacted advertisers relentlessly. Uh, you'd agree that he's... he's um, Relentless, or you would say he's. Well, well, how would you describe him in a word? Yeah, I mean, I think he has a pretty singular focus. Okay, so uh, there you go. I, I, well, singular focus in what way? Before we get to the other stuff. Well, I mean, I think he is somebody who seemed to me to be pretty meticulous about having a um, a process that he would follow. Uh, oh, meticulous in this process, uh, single-minded in this process. Yeah. Okay, good. No, that's right. So he, um, <clears throat> so you know, he's been doing this and continues to do it, by the way, with with Mutt and Jerry. But has been doing this for a year and a half now. And and you know, you get into the backstory. We've I've talked about it uh, before that you know we we had a meeting with him and all that. And we'll get to that in a second. But sure. you're you're the first person to get him the Sue O'Connell thing. I did. I don't believe you put his name on the record. He gave a quote. But to you, he is quoted, and you speak to him, and you told me you spoke to him, I think you said that day, for six hours. Is that right? Or I, I, maybe that's not right. I mean, that was a guess. I would say probably five. But, yeah, we, you know, we talked on the phone um, a couple of times at length. Um, I would say probably three-ish times. And what was your impression of him? Well, I mean, I think, like I said, he's um, he's somebody who clearly is – has been pretty singularly focused on this. Um, you know, I think that he has been very cautious in terms of how he's engaged with the media on the record, as you have seen. Um, as you mentioned, I, I believe that I'm the first person that spoke with him on the record. That's and, right. And got him. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, in our conversations, he was, um, again, cautious and um amicable uh but yeah i mean i think you know he's he's someone who also spent you know a year and a half listening to your show and uh didn't didn't like it very much is there a reason why you elected in this story not to mention his history battling with say the town of ashland over stuff or uh his neighbors or his long you know history of legal entanglements you make it seem like he's sort of singularly focused, but you would agree, I hope, you know, I, it, first I've asked this, I mean, I did, when I talked to you about Murchison, lay all this stuff out, correct? I mean, we did talk about all this stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is there a reason why you elected not to put that in the story at all, even give it the sentence? Well, I mean, I think the... Because to me, I think it's a game with him to some extent. I think he enjoys that. I think the people I've talked to who won't go on the record because they don't want to deal with this guy in their life anymore, whether it's people in Ashland or people who's had real estate issues with. Um, I think that's important to note if he's somebody's not just, you know, I think you paint him as some uh, crusader for transgender rights where I just think he's a guy who likes to fuck with people. And I think that that should at least be given a sentence or two. So I guess I'd ask it again. Sorry, it's essentially the same question. Why was that never mentioned ever in the story? Sure. I mean, I think the... 
so this is, you know, for the people who haven't read the story yet, this is, you know, this is basically dealt with in one section out of five. Um, it's a pretty big part of the story, though. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a decent chunk. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, it's by, by in terms of its actual word count, it's probably more than that, because this is obviously a big part of, a big part of the story. Um, it's, it's, know, I, as, as I said to you before, I, Tom, it's the only part I care about, so, you know, yes. we're going to talk about it. So I guess, you know, I mean, I guess, do yeah. I need to ask the question again, or? No, no. Okay, I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I was answering it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, you know, I think for me, this was a story that was first and foremost about you. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a profile of Bob Murchison. He obviously features, you know, he's, he's a significant piece of it. Um, but to me, I mean, I think there are two different ways to, to look at this. And I think that there's the conversation about deplatforming, which is sort of a larger cultural issue and and I think is really relevant to what he was doing. I mean, he was um, contacting advertisers and saying, you know, this is content that I think is offensive and, you know, do you agree or do you not agree? And, you know, do you want to... Well, it's not, but I mean, but I mean, that's not, but I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not really, that's not really what he was doing. You're making it sound like he sent a little email and said, hey, just so you know, this is some content. Does this, is this, is this bothersome to you? I mean, he would send them uh, emails to the point where for instance, Kaplansky, as I told you, said, if you email me again, I'm going to, you know, contact the authorities for harassment. I mean, I told you that. So it's not, let's not make it out like he's this guy who sent out a couple of emails. He continuously uh, sent out multiple emails, sometimes multiple emails a day. So he, you know, that, which I told you about, correct? Uh, yeah, you did okay. tell me that. Okay. But, but I mean, that's, that's what happened. So let's not, so, but go ahead, continue. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think to me, I felt like if I put his process out there, then then people could decide for themselves on this issue. And I, I realized that... But you didn't put his process out there, though. How did I not? Well, I mean, what I just said to you, what he did versus what you laid out are two totally different things. I mean, he took things... Oh. I mean, as I told you, and I told you this, he took things out of context. You know, he took, put Barstool stuff in there and insinuated that because we joked around with Portnoy that I was, you know... Somehow, like, you know, talking about little kids. I mean, he was doing things that were, he, he was using parody accounts as examples of things that I said or Jerry said, but we have no control over those accounts. Those aren't our accounts. So he was doing things that weren't true as well, as opposed, and also, by the way, contacted people to the point where some of them said, stop doing this. So, and that, that was to me his method, but go ahead. Sure. I mean, you know, in the, in the emails that I saw, um, and, you know, I, I both had emails that he provided to me and then I, you know, emails are out there. Um, you know, I felt like I was giving a faithful representation of what he was doing. Uh, and when you're right, the host lashed out back at Murchison, uh, dropping antagonizing barbs on the air and making veiled jokes about Murchison's home burning down. Um, I asked you this last time I asked you this in our texts. Have sure. you found where I said that this man's home should burn down? Um, so the the comment in question, um, mm-hmm. the the joke was made by Jerry, um, you know, and uh, what's the joke? I don't. I'm, I'm I don't have it in front of me, but if if I can give you what I think is a pretty faithful. Parody. When was it? Wh- who provided you the audio of this joke? I got it from Bob. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Well, okay, <laughs> but it, but it was it. It was you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was. No, no, no. You just said it wasn't. Well, and you just no, said, hold was, on. No, the host uh, uh, made veiled jokes about Merchant's home burning down. Jokes plural, first of all. Is that true? It was part of a riff. 
you you guys were joking, Jerry. We said that Bob Merchant's home should burn down. Do you want me to answer the question? Well, did you? Is that did? Well, I mean, you're you're dancing around it. Did did one of us say that Bob Merchant's home should burn down? There's no. There was, I, I could tell you, Tom. There's no way that was said on the air. If we said that guy's name, we said the first syllable. Joe Zarbonimo's office would dump it. So it's frankly impossible that that joke was said on the air. Impossible. There was reference to you guys were talking about the activist. There's reference to well, you know, if Dino was still on the show. You know, a certain house in Metro West would probably find <laughs> itself burned to the ground. So, and so then you referenced the website that had doxed Turtle Boys website. Yes. How was that? I only. I mean, so if John Dennis was on the air, which he wasn't, that's what Jerry said, and that's the hosts about a home in the Metro West. That's the hosts making veiled jokes, plural, about about Bob Murchison. That's the audio that Murchison, as you just said, sent to you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, okay. No, I just want to yes. So then the at the end of that paragraph in your story, you say Murchison's phone was flooded with abuse, including death threats. Did he show you those death threats? Yeah, he did. Okay, and they were death threats from listeners of the show who said they were going to kill Murchison? They were, to me, they were credible death threats. Or they were, they were you know, they were people... Tom, do you believe, you know, Tom, you, Tom, do you believe that they... I get, I get people on Twitter saying that I should jump in front of a train all the time. There's a Twitter account called Minahan Splat. Do I think that that, mer- that man wants me to die or wants... Of course not. You, I mean, flooded with abuse, including death threats. Like, you're going to... Now, I know Murchison. He's going to go to the cops with that. You're telling me that that's, these are credible death threats in your mind. Can you give me an example of one of them? I, I don't have that in front of me, but okay. I mean, you know, but you're, you're familiar with this stuff, right? It's like, you know, whether it's, whether or not you think that somebody on Twitter who says, Hey, by the way, I'm going to be outside your house at, you know, four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, that's going to be the end of you. That's what one of the messages was, you know, whether or not I think, I don't say that anyone was planning. Well, you just said it was a credible death threat. Was it or not? There were one or two that seemed, you know, that had the, the mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it's going to be at this time, this place, and yes, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. So, <clears throat> you know, do I know whether that person was intending to? You know, I don't know. But I think in terms of whether you look at, when you look at what a credible death threat looks like, something that, would, you know, a normal person would find concerning, if somebody said, hey, I'm going to come to your house at you know, seven o'clock when you get home from work and I'm going to shoot you. Here's why I know. Here's why I know it never happens because Murchison would have gone to the cops. Murchison, whenever I try to contact him to come on the podcast, which I did, as I told you last time, I probably talked to him. And when we talked at lunch, I probably talked to him 10 times, 12, or tried to reach out 10, 12 times over the last year and a half. Uh, and every time I did without fail, 90 seconds later, Mark Cannon, who I'll get to in the moment, is quoted in the story. The general manager of the station would call me and say, hey, just so you know, Murchison just called me and said if you continue to contact him, he's going to go to the police and file a harassment charge. A woman here, a, a, a salesperson, who, and again, I'm, you know, I'm getting paid in full, so whatever. Salespeople are losing money over Murchison. Uh, wrote him a long letter, talked about her son who has a disability, and said, hey, can we just have a conversation about this? I saw the letter. Murchison reached out again and said, I'm going to file harassment charges uh, against you. I mean, are you aware of that stuff? Yeah. So we didn't go to the police about a, somebody saying they're going to kill him. 
I don't recall what I, who went to the police. You don't so recall, okay. Bob. Why did Shirley, Shirley Luong, who worked with Murchison, coordinated with Murchison, why did she only earn a, a line in your story? When I talked to you, you said you didn't have enough room uh, for it. Now, this is a coordinated effort by the Boston Globe and Murchison, which Shirley told me. I mean, did you try and talk to her? I did try to talk to her. Um, she declined to comment. Why did you, why did you, so it only got one sentence because you didn't talk to her? No, I mean, you know, there's the comment from Bob saying that he had been in touch with her, but that wasn't, you know, they didn't have a coordinated effort. Do you believe Um, that? Do you believe that? Intellectually, you're a smart guy. Do you believe that they didn't have a coordinated effort? I mean, what does your gut tell you? I mean, you know, I'm a reporter. I, I ask people questions and I see what they say and I try to investigate. Okay, that. what does your gut tell you um, on this? You know, I, I think again in this it's I'm just gonna go back to the the source and say, you know, this is what I asked. Okay, but I, I understand that, Tom. I we all understand that. What is your you're a smart guy. You can you can connect dots. Uh, I don't think you're gonna answer the question, so whatever, it's fine. I mean I I just no, I think okay, no let's so I I believe that Bob Murchison was sending material to a lot of different people. I don't have the sense that they coordinated. Okay. That's my honest opinion. Okay. Uh, would you say that you're uh, left-leaning politically? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that I've worked for liberal publications in the past. Um, well, I mean, what's your political... I mean, if, I mean, if we go look at you up on Twitter, as I've done, clearly you're left-wing, right? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm pretty lefty. I mean, I think my my issues of choice are probably you know economic inequality and the environment. I haven't really reported much on culture war stuff. One of the conversations but, we had was one was about transgender rights, and I thought, and if and you said this to me in our conversation, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you were surprised that Murchison would go after me because my thoughts on transgender were in line with his. I mean, we said this at that lunch, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think my understanding of your views, which we've talked about, um, aren't that different from the views that he expressed to me. So, yeah, I mean, my views on them are: I simply don't, I don't give a shit. Now, let me mean that in a callous way. I don't give it, like I don't give a shit about gay or straight or. Ma- I, I, it doesn't matter to me if it makes you feel better. If you want to be transgendered, if if you're going through mental health issues, which a lot of those folks are, most are, I have sympathy for that. Then then knock yourself out. That's going to make you feel better. That is fantastic. So we talked about this for I think half hour 45 minutes one day and the one quote you get from me is did i make some stupid jokes four years ago yeah when it comes down to it like you know am i for full transgender rights yes i mean that's seems like a pretty cavalier quote doesn't it of all the ones to pick from i mean i don't know i i to me in the conversations that we had you you felt that you had had your views misrepresented right is that is that fair to say i just i don't even feel that no 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 oh by you or by in the past in the past by by Murchison, yes, but but I, I didn't. I think you know I fought for with John and Jerry for years about say the North Carolina issue, the bathroom issue, right? And I think yeah. and they weren't even you know it, it, we live in a world now and you and I talked about this and I've talked about this where if you have concerns about somebody who was born a male going into a bathroom where your daughter is just concerns, then you're immediately labeled a homophobe, which to me is dangerous. To me that that shuts down the conversation. We're done. And I think that's where John and Jerry were. They weren't saying that these people were evil or they were creepy or they, whatever. They just, and my thing was, I think they should be allowed to do it. It's if they want to live that way, they should live that way. And we fought about that for a year, you know, as, as the conversation got bigger and bigger nationally. So for Murchison to sweep in and say I'm transphobic to me, 
Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like anything else. It's like the Adam Jones thing. After a while, you know, you're going to say, "Well, fuck you. I'm not that way." Yeah, and I and I don't think I, I don't think that was properly properly in my opinion articulated in the story. I mean, we got that we got that one line. I, I maybe you disagree. Um, I mean, I think I mentioned a couple times that you felt like your views had been misrepresented. Um, and, you know, I, I tried to give you space to say that. And, you know, personally, in, in the conversation that we had, I mean, I think you're, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would, I would say that you have transphobic views. So why did you, why, why was, why didn't you say that? Well, I think I let you say it. Don't you think that's valid? Yeah, but I mean, but you can't you can't give your own opinion. It's not so. There's no room for opinion in this story. Well, I mean, I think that what I was trying to do with this story is, you know, is let the material speak for itself. I mean, I think I didn't want to be the judge of who was right and who was wrong. I think I wanted to put the information out there because there has been a lot of controversy over so many parts of this, and I wanted to. Just let the material speak for itself. The other one is, and I, I mean, I don't know what to say about this. I hear it all the time. Is journalists who inadvertently crossed him told me that by doing so, meaning me, that resulted in some of the most vitriolic abuse they've ever received from online trolls. I, obviously, I have no way of knowing that. But that, again, is almost in its way, the way it's written, the fact that it's out there is almost an accusation. And then you say Minahan says that listeners are free to make their own choices. Well, I mean, is that, isn't that exactly right? I mean, do you think I have some responsibilities? Like, wh- what am I supposed to do? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to do. What do you think you're supposed to do? Nothing. They're, they're, I would say to them, if you say anything that's, you know, uh, inappropriate, then don't do that. Don't be an asshole. But, like, they're adults. They listen to a radio show. I mean, what, what, who, who, who are these journalists that you spoke to? They wouldn't put their name on the record? Uh, no, they wouldn't put their name on the record. Because of some of the vitriolic abuse they received? Yeah. Did I mean, they give you any examples they, they of it? described being, you know, being flooded with, and again, this is the kind of stuff that you say, you know, well, you, you know, I receive it all the time. It's not that big of a deal. I do. And, and people react differently to that. Well, but I mean, did they give you examples? Did they show you tweets? They did, yeah. What did some of them say? Again, you know, I just, I don't have that material in front of So you don't of have me, a, you don't have an example. Um, okay, off the top of my head, you know, um, somebody had <sighs> pictures of themselves, you know, taken and turned into to memes making fun of, you know, different, um, different things that they'd written about. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's, that's the worst vitriol, that's the worst abuse they've ever received in their life online? <laughs> I mean, who, <laughs> that... That's that. You know, that's that's what you got. That's it. Well, and then the the sort of standard fare of, you know, flooding people's mentions with, you know, calling them, you know, telling them to kill themselves. That that sort of stuff. I don't think there's a lot of that. I don't, I I I find that I I am on Twitter all the time. I very 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 rarely see somebody tell somebody to kill themselves. I mean that that never that almost never happens. I, that's just another one I don't believe. Uh, the Mark Hannon quote. So I guess Mark Hannon's not pleased either. He says, Mr. Merchant raised some valid points, uh, but beyond, but I think beyond the initial approach from him, we've also recognized some of the cultural challenges and worked really hard behind the scenes, he said, which is true. But he said you left out a big part of his, 
uh, statement out of the story. Is that true? Well, I mean, we talked for 45 minutes, and probably half an hour was off the record, and then we talked for probably another 15 minutes on the record. So, um, you know, I didn't include everything that he said, obviously, but I felt that that was representative of what he'd said. So I'd, I'd be curious to know, you know, what he thought was wrong about that. Um, and then you talk about Merchant, just one more Merchant question at the beginning. He's driving around in this car and randomly wants to listen to Red Sox talk and puts us on right when we're talking about a transgendered issue. And you, again, you report that as fact. Um, I know that he went on message boards looking for audio in the past uh, about that conversation he's talking about. Um, and I think I told you that. I mean, do you just report it as fact? Did you, I mean, is, is, do you have any issues with that? Do you, do you think maybe that's not, he didn't tell you the truth? I mean, this is this was his version of the story, um, and I do know that he did research outside of this, but this was his explanation for how this started. Okay, uh, Tom Stackpole, I appreciate you coming on. Now you're battling the flu. Go, uh, go lie down, feel better. I got to say, you know, had issues with it, um, but I appreciate you know most ninety nine point nine percent of the people would not have come on. So I appreciate you coming on. And uh, any other questions for me? You've asked me enough. No, you know, I, I think um, I appreciate you having a conversation about it. I know that you didn't uh, you didn't like all of the piece, but uh, did you think I was going to? Um, I don't know, actually. Um, I think I tried to be fair and I tried to be faithful, and I you know I appreciate all of the time that you you know, gave to me and, and the conversations that we had. Um, you know, I know that, well. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I know this, the, the, the merchants and stuff is something that has been really frustrating for you for a long time. Well, so also I, play the factor, I think, in my mental health and the deterioration of it. And I think that should have just, if you're going to do a story about me and that, I think that should have been mentioned in there somewhere. Wait, how do you mean? I'm sorry, I just don't understand the question. Well, I think the, the stress I felt, and I think Merchant played a role in that, I think played a role in my mental health, my deterioration. I got obsessed with it. I've talked about that. And, you know, I thought that should that sh- there should have been a, a, a spot in there somewhere. If you're going to write the story, if you're purporting the stories about my mental health, my battle with it, then Merchant's role in it, whether he knew it or not, I think deserved a mention or two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I do. I mean, I there's in the... In that section four, you know, I, I talk about your mood deteriorating and, and um, you know, I, I think that, that was a pretty clear correlation. But um, but if you felt that I didn't do a good job of that, then I then I truly apologize because that was not my intent. And my last one is, I mean, what are you what are you doing talking to a professor of social work at Sacramento State about fucking sports talk radio? I mean, that's like you no shit about it. He's never been on the air. I mean, David Nyland? How does he know about it? He wrote a book about Jim Rome. <laughs> what? Who cares? I, I'm on the air. I fucking need David Nyland. I hate when you, these people talk to these professors. Just talk to me. Talk to, talk to other people on the air. What the fuck does he know? There's this ongoing tension between, he says, reproducing traditional or toxic masculinity and then opening up alternative forms of masculinity in all of places. That's happening in sports talk radio. What? I'm a pretty smart guy. What the fuck does that mean? I mean what does that mean? 
you, I mean, do you want me to explain the quote? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, my understanding of it is that, you know, the sports radio is basically, you know, the way guys talk to each other, right? Uh, some are. Some shows are. Some aren't, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some of that, in this guy's view, is a lot of the way that guys talk to each other is, you know, we make fun of each other, we kind of put each other down, we make jokes. Mm-hmm. And some of that, in his view, is reproducing the ways that we're sometimes unkind. You know, we're can bully each other or whatever. Um, that said, you know, there are examples where that same style of conversation is used to have really serious conversations. I mean, I, I think in a way it's not revelatory. It's, it's the idea that sports radio is having the same conversation that NPR is having. They're just having it in a really different way. This guy uh, ever, you have any of this yeah. guy ever listen to me or, or not? What's that? Do you have any idea if this guy ever listened to me or not? Um, he wasn't terribly familiar with you. But <laughs> so the, I think that it was that the purpose of that quote was to sort of talk about sports radio writ large. But I do it differently than anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I tried to talk about the ways that you are, that you have your own style and that, that you know, are the ways in which I think you are exceptional. So, All right, well, I, whatever. I don't give a fuck about David Nyland. So anyway, Tom Stackpole, Boston Magazine. Uh, if you want to read the story, knock yourselves out. It's available online now. Uh, the physical magazine is out there right now, so if you're waiting to get your prostate worked on, your teeth cleaned, give it a read before you go talk to your shrink. That's where I read it. Go in and uh, and do it. Tom, I, like I said like I said before, I had my first one there before I was going to kick you out. I appreciate you uh, coming on. Most, many, 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 many people wouldn't do it. So I do appreciate that. Feel better, and I'm sure I'll talk to you down the line at some point. All right. Thanks, All right. Thanks Tom. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.